Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, my name is Josh Hart. If I haven't met you yet, I'm one of the elders here at Del Rey, and it is my joy and pleasure to be able to teach this morning and to continue our session on, on parenting. And so this morning, what we're going to be talking about is technology and the family. Um, there are some handouts on this tiny little chair up here. If you didn't grab one, I'd encourage you to grab one of those as we go along. Um, I'm going to open this up in a word of prayer, and then I'll kind of give us some ground rules, and then we'll start moving through the material. I know this is a, a topic people have a lot of questions about, and so I want to make sure that we have enough time to adequately cover the material. So let me pray. Father, we do thank you that we have the privilege to be gathered in your name this morning. And Lord, we pray that as we consider this matter before us, as we consider how we might, as, as parents, future parents, um, consider technology and what your word would have us to um, to do about it and how we might interact with it according to the wisdom that you give us in your word. Lord, we pray that you'd be among us, that you would give us great wisdom. Lord, we pray that you would help us to think rightly about these matters um, and that we might give you glory through it. We ask in Christ's name. Amen. Um, so the way I want to kind of structure this is kind of talk about what we what we mean by technology and then talk about what we're we're actually going to cover in the class this morning and, and maybe what we're not going to cover. Um, so when we're talking about technology, primarily what we're talking about is uh, smartphones, uh, tablets, computers, uh, TV, movies, streaming things, um, those kinds of things that within the family, we, you know, we interact with these things on a daily basis. And, and how do we consider interacting with them according to God's word? Um, and so that's, that's kind of the, the scope of what we're going to be talking about. And then um, what we are going to talk about and what we're not going to talk about, I think it's going to be really, really important. So if you'll notice on the very back of your handout, there is a QR code and a link. The QR code and a link go to the same place. And it's basically a sheet that I put together with some links on it with additional books, articles, how-tos, some software you might be interested in, how you might use that software, how you might get that set up. Um, a lot of the practical things that, that folks might have questions about. Um, and so what we're not going to get into this morning is really how to do all of those practical things. Um, everybody's situation is going to be a little bit different. Um, just as a bit of background, I've, been in, I've worked in cybersecurity for over 20 years. Um, I'm a professional nerd. If you need help, please reach out. I'm happy to help you um, with all of your nerd needs. And if, and if I fall short, um, there are plenty of fellow nerds um, that I know here who would be willing to help you out. So um, those practical, those really like, how do I stop kid X from doing thing Y on the internet? Uh, we'd be happy to walk you through that. But what I want us to talk about this morning is really just how do we look at these things through a biblical lens? How do we consider how to interact with technology in our lives according to God's word. And so um, that's, really, that's really where we're going to camp out. Um, and the way we're going to do that is we're going to go through 10 questions. You just have all 10 of those questions in your handout. Um, we're going to walk through those 10 questions and ask, how does technology help us or hinder us in doing fill-in-the-blank? And there are 10 specific things. Um, and just a quick word about that. Those aren't the only 10 questions that we could possibly ask about technology, um, but they're a good starting point, okay? Um, and that's what we're going to do. Um, so let's, let's go ahead and jump in. So by way of introduction, um, John MacArthur uh, had this quote. He said that the smartphone is the most forceful tool for life-destroying temptation that's ever been put into the human hand. Um, it seems at first glance that could be a bit of an overstatement, but if you 
own a smartphone. How many of you own a smartphone? Raise your hand. It's okay. Every hand went up, right? I even saw some almost embarrassed, like, oh, yeah, me too, right? Um, it's true, right? You know this. Um, several books that are on that resource sheet that's linked on your, on your handout um, are good books. One of them is 12 Ways Your Phone is Changing You. And, and John Piper, in his introduction, kind of, you know, just to paraphrase that, he says the technology is dangerous. It can be dangerous. Um, like, like anything that we might make into an idol, technology itself can be an idol to us. It can be helpful to us, but it can also hurt us, like any other tool that can be helpful, like, uh, like fire. Um, my son's a member of a trail life troop. We were talking about building fire and how fire is a helpful thing. It helped keep you warm. Um, fire led to things like the steam engine, which is pretty cool. Um, but it can also be a force of destruction, okay? Chainsaws, if you've ever had to deal with a downed tree, um, it's a lot easier to deal with a chainsaw than it is to deal with an axe. But if you're not careful with that chainsaw, it can ruin your life, okay? So tools can be good, right? But they can also be dangerous. Um, talking about technology, it's also everywhere. Um, the smartphone, we just talked about everybody in the room raised their hand, they have a smartphone. Um, it's ubiquitous. It, it literally is everywhere. Um, and it's about 100 times more powerful than some of the first computers that were ever made, uh, if you've ever thought about that. The smartphone in your pocket is so much more powerful than many of the first computers. It's able to uh, go with us wherever we go, as long as we can get a signal. Um, and it's always connected to the internet. Anybody remember a time, you might be dating yourself, where you had to dial in to your internet connection? Yes. Yeah? Um, you guys remember having to tell somebody in the house you're about to do it so they don't get on the phone? <laughs> like, don't knock me off the internet? Uh, for those of you born after the modems, you know, uh, you're like, I have no idea what you're talking about, right? Um, but yeah, it's always on and always available. Um, there was a study back in 2010 uh, from the Kaiser Family Foundation that said that 8 to 18-year-olds spend more time with media than in any other activity besides sleeping and about seven and a half hours a day, right? And so that study specifically focused on 8 to 18-year-olds, but if you're older than 18, you know that's probably true for you too, right? Especially as we consider where we are today in the midst of the, hopefully, on the tail end of a pandemic where uh, most folks had to go home, didn't get to work from the office anymore. And so you're probably spending a lot more time behind a screen than we ever did. Um, and, you know, as we approach this issue in December of 2021, our lives are dominated by digital technology in an unprecedented way. Right. So that's kind of how we responded to tech. It's this ubiquitous thing that we're constantly in front of. But the industry is also responding. Um, media is working hard to be the most powerful force in our lives, our kids' lives, and, and they go to great lengths to ensure that you are staring at a screen. Um, I work for a company whose primary source of revenue comes through web advertisement. I'm sorry, I'll just apologize for that up front, okay? Um, and paid services, so we're not just advertisers, but um, one of the things that we, that we need our customers to do is spend more and more time in front of a screen. Um, a great example of that is uh, how many remember hearing Facebook rebranded themselves to, to Meta, right? Uh, to, to more accurately reflect their focus on bringing people into the metaverse. How many of you heard about that? Does anybody in here remember a game called Second Life? Anybody remember that? Yeah. There you go. Right, so it was like this whole world you could like create an avatar in and go and live out a completely separate life inside of 
second life, right? And so I think Facebook's really trying to rebrand that and metaverse, we're gonna, we're gonna get in there, right? But it's this place where you can climb into to escape the world, right? That's what the industry is trying to do for us. And so the thing I think we need to remember is that technology is with us. It's going to be with us, we're not gonna get rid of it. And whether it's dangerous or useful, one thing we need to admit is it is having an effect on us and on our kids. Um, in a book called Technopoly, uh, secular humanist Neil Postman writes this statement. He says, uh, a family that does not, con- does not or cannot control the information environment of its children is barely a family at all and may lay claim to the name only by virtue of the fact that its members share biological information through DNA. That the family can no longer do this, I believe, is obvious to everyone. Now, he wrote this back in 1992. He, he passed away in 2003. Um, I think I think Neil probably didn't understand what a family was the way that we might understand what a family is, but I think he's hitting on something that's pretty important. There is a barrage of information entering our lives. And as, as parents, future parents, we have a responsibility to help manage that and get out in front of that and help our kids understand what it is that they're, what they're going to see. And so we could ask if it's true and if we've lost the battle. I think a more important question is, does the Bible give us any guidance, especially as parents, in the area of technology and digital media? And so, to answer that, I want to I want to jump into these these ten questions that I think are going to help us. Now, these ten questions are a framework, right? They're not going to answer everything, every single question you might have, but it should give you a starting point and a way to examine your use of technology, your kids' use of technology, in a way that either helps or hinders us in loving the Lord. All right, so the first question, is the way that we're using technology helping or hindering us in being present in our families? How many of you equate technology as a means for being present with others? If you've ever looked at technology that way, anybody? Staying connected. How many of you have friends on Facebook? Yeah. Anybody? Okay, there we go, there we go. Right? Um, it's, it, it's, it's easy to think that maybe these tools are helping us be connected in a way and being present with others in a way that it's really not actually helping us be present. And so when we think of being present, let's think of places like Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 6 through 7, which says this, These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts and press them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. That is the, the charge to parents, right? So... God's word is to be taught to our kids. We're supposed to disciple our children and to lead them in, um, in learning what it means to know and to love the Lord. And in order to do that, we have to be present. Um, how many of you have, have been having a conversation with a kid um, or, or maybe, maybe another adult um, and you are distracted by a phone? Anybody? Right? That's a... Uh, that's a very real thing, and that impedes our ability to be present. Philippians 2, 3-4 says this, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. And so if we're busy, consumed with a glowing screen in front of our face, or a movie that we're watching, or a podcast that we're listening to, rather than engaging and being present with our families, Technology is actually hindering us in being present, right? Um, one of the things that, um, yeah, one of the things that we've told our kids is, 
If you notice that dad's not paying attention because I'm on the phone, you can absolutely say, dad, you need to put your phone away. Um, now, y'all might, might think that's a, a, a bit bold and some of you might respond differently, um, but we've given our kids permission to tell us that, hey, you're, you're not actually paying attention. Um, they have to do that in, a, in, a, in, a, in an honoring way, right? Um, they're not allowed to slap the phone out of her hand. That would be, that would be cause for another. There, I think there was another lesson uh, in the parenting series on that. But, um, but that's one of the things that we've, we've told our kids. Now, certainly technology can help us to be present in some ways. Um, last Christmas, we had, a, we had a, a COVID FaceTime Christmas where we FaceTimed in the grandparents who were able to open gifts and share that kind of stuff together. And so in ways where, you know, we can't actually be physically present, technology can help us to be present. But the question that, that I want us to linger on uh, with, with this, this issue is, is technology helping us or hindering us from being present? Number two, the next question, is the way we're using technology helping or hindering us in being alert? You ever notice how many times scripture commands us to be alert or, or watchful or awake? <laughs> 1 Peter 5.8 says, Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Right? Scripture gives us a command to, to be alert, to be aware of what's going on around us. Uh, I come from a military background. Situational awareness is a phrase that we use a lot. Do you actually understand what is happening around you and are you paying attention? Um, but technology has the capability to take us away from that. Um, I'll share an example. I was riding a Metro. This is years ago. I don't know if anybody rides a Metro anymore, but um, I was riding a Metro and I had to change lines. And so I had to go upstairs to this platform and I'm waiting on the platform um, and a train had literally just zoomed right by. And uh, I'm standing there and I'm looking around at all the people standing on the platform and you know, the lights in there are kind of dim, but everybody's faces were kind of face down, all awash in the glow of a, of a screen right? Any number of things could be happening in, on a metro platform. You could be getting pickpocketed, right? Somebody could be in danger. You don't even know about it. Um, you yourself could be in danger. You could be pretty close to the platform. You have no idea. Um, if you're there with your kids, right? Your kids could be wandering around, but if you're face down on a phone, you're not going to notice that, right? So parents, by our habits with technology, what are we teaching our kids? So what are they seeing us when we, good morning, what are they seeing us do with the technology that we have? Um, what are we modeling for them? Are we, are we teaching them to be content, uh, to swim in the shallows and pass their time with passing the time, just unable to just kind of hang out? Um, or are we considering them to be alert? Uh, Romans 13, 11 says this, the hour has come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. Is the way that we are using technology helping us or hindering us from being alert and showing our children how to do that? Number three, is the way that we're using technology helping or hindering us in being transformed? Romans 12.2 tells us this, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the <laughs> renewing of your mind. So there is a pattern of this world. Romans 12.2 says that very plainly, but it also calls us to be transformed. In light of conforming ourselves to the pattern of this world, we are called to something completely different. Um, digital media is constantly bombarding us with alerts, 
uh, news, email, text, you name it. Um, you install a new app on your phone, one of the first things it asks you is, do you want to install notifications? Do you want to enable the notification? Do you want to know every time somebody like looks up your name or, or picks up their own phone? I mean, wh whatever it might be. Um, it's constantly bombarding us with, this th with these things. Um, and so we have to ask the question is how we're using technology. Is that helping us to transform from the pattern of the world? Um, there's a book called The Shallows, What the Internet is Doing to Our Brains, written by Nicholas Carr. And he talks about how our brains are malleable and, and, and what we feed them is forming these deep channels in our mind, um, almost like building patterns and building habits. These are the things that, um, that are being formed in, in our own minds. And so we have to ask the question, what are we what are we using technology for? What are we allowing into our own minds, into our own hearts? And what patterns are being formed as a result of that? Um, now, surely technology can provide opportunities for good things, right? There are great podcasts you could listen to. Um, there's great music that you can fill your home with through, through technology. Um, there are books that you could read electronically, although I will say that paper books are way better. Um, that's just my plug. You don't have to go with me on that. But um, there's, there's tons of ways you can use technology um, to help form those paths that are going to help us to love and to honor God. But the question would be, how are you using technology to be transformed? Are you being conformed to the pattern of this world through your use of technology? Are your kids being conformed to the pattern of this world through how they're using technology? Number four. Is the way we're using technology helping or hindering us in growing in wisdom? How many of you have heard the phrase information age? Right? We are in the information age. We do not lack for information. right? But that often blurs the distinction between knowledge and wisdom. And just because it's on the internet doesn't mean that it is true, doesn't mean that it is good, it doesn't mean that it's even useful, okay? There's a lot of really not useful things on the internet. I think TikTok has got like this corner of very unuseful stuff on the internet. Um, yeah, I'll go on record on that one. Anyway, um, yeah, so we need to help our children see that we are in a mire of often useless, entirely useless information, misleading headlines, um, reactive and emotional arguments, Facebook, right? The Facebook algorithm is designed to elicit not only your continued use of the platform, but also elicit emotional responses to the things that are presented to you. When you go to these different places, so some different social media sites, um, they are designed to feed very specific things in you that are gonna cause you to respond in a way that they can predict and monetize, okay? And so when we consider the fact that there is a ton of information out there, we need to also recognize that not all of it is helpful or, or useful in, in giving us wisdom. All right, so what, what do we do about that? How do we help our children um, to see that? Well, one of the things that we can do is we can, we can tell them to take a break from technology, right? Um, you can set limits on what they can and, and can't do, when they can use technology. Encourage kids to read books, like legit real books, right? Um, one of the things that we have done a lot of is make heavy use of the library. Now, 
just like the internet. Not everything in the library is true. <laughs> Not everything in the library is useful or helpful, okay? Um, but there's books there. And so I uh, would encourage us to consider what are those books that would be helpful for our kids to be reading, encourage them to do that. Those are things that we can do. Give them older books, um, things that have stood the test of time. Um, the other thing is I would say encourage, I encourage all of us as parents, and whether you're, you've got older kids or younger kids, things to be thinking about, um, to regularly engage with what, what your kids are listening to, watching, reading, engaging with online. Um, one of the things that we say in our home is everything has a message. And so when our kids are watching something, um, often we'll, we'll pause it and we'll say, hey, what is this telling us right now? Um, what, what, is, what is the, you know, what's this character doing and, and, and how does that encourage you to, to know and love the Lord? Are they responding to things in a way that maybe we would respond to? What do you see that's different? Um, what's the underlying message here that, that, um, that may not be very overt? Um, those are really good exercises. I encourage folks to do that. Um, as parents, we must be involved in helping our kids discern the signals from the noise. And I'm just going to be honest, the information age is, is a lot of noise. Okay, and so it's going to take work. Um, Proverbs 1.7 says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And that fear should cause us to stand in awe and the more we do so, uh, the more we will be able to distinguish the signal from the noise. The more that we consider God and who he is, the more we consider his word, uh, the more we're going to be able to do that. And so the question is, is the way we're using technology helping or hindering us to grow in wisdom and the fear of the Lord? Number five, is the way we're using technology helping or hindering us in being patient? All right. Not throwing stones. How many of us have an Amazon Prime membership? Show, your, show of hands, keep your hands up. All right, great. How many of you have ordered something on Prime over the holiday season this year? Come on, keep them up. You know you did, don't lie. Okay, <laughs> how, many of you, how many of you had a shipment show up later than was expected? Anybody? There you go. How did you respond to that? Unbelievable. Right? Amen. That's exactly it, right? We are like, we cannot fathom that a delivery driver was late, right? Overnight delivery said it'll be here by 4 a.m. It's not here. What happened, right? Technology has this way of getting in the way of our growing in patience. Um, I mean, I, I know that, you know, that story about Amazon Prime, that's totally true. Um, it's funny, I was just talking with Krista about it uh, this week. We ordered some things online um, and that have not yet shipped. So I'm like, come on, where's, where's my stuff? Um, and so I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying, hey, I'm over my ivory tower. That's not something that affects me. But I just want to say I'm a fellow sinner with all of you. Um, and, we, and we struggle to be patient, right? But in technology, the name of the game is faster, better, more bandwidth. 5G, right? 5G's coming out. You've seen the commercials. 5G phones, you can, you can download a movie in like two seconds, a whole movie in two seconds. Like, who needs to download a movie in two seconds, right? <laughs> it's going to take you longer than two seconds to watch the movie. Like, what's going on, right? Um, but those are the things that are being, being um, sold to us, right? But re- repeatedly, we are taught in Scripture that the wise man is patient, patient waiting for his farm to yield fruit, um, yeah, with others' faults. We're called to be patient and bear patiently with one another, okay? And so fulfill the law of Christ. 
right? It means we must be able to focus and hold our attention on things and not always looking for the, the next thing, the quickest thing. Um, yeah, and our kids also need to be taught how to persevere. Um, how many of you remember having to wait for uh, the next episode of a show, <laughs> right? Right? How do, we, how do we watch TV shows and whole seasons of shows these days? What's that word? We binge. Binge. Right? That used to mean something very different. Today that means I'm going to watch eight seasons of whatever like before dawn. Right? So, um, but our kids are learning that too. I remember the first time we watched something on TV and there was a commercial. And our kids were like, what, what is happening? <laughs> like... What is this part of the show? They're like, no, kids, this is not part of the show. We don't understand this. And then after a while, they're like, you know, Dad, it really sounds like they want us to buy something. <laughs> like, yes, that's exactly it, right? Um, or what about this? How often have you texted somebody, and then you saw that they read your message, and you're like, where's where's the reply? Like, what are you doing? Um, like, yeah, the friendship's over. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, if I, if that's been me for any of y'all, I apologize. Um, anyway, on either side of that. Um, but again, we need to take some time and recognize what technology is doing to us in the area of patience, right? Is it helping us or is it hindering us in being patient? And what steps might you take? And those things are going to look very different from person to person. That's why I'm not being very prescriptive up here. Um, I, in general, I would say take a technology fast from time to time. Unplug, right? Get outside. Get outside. Um, go somewhere where there is no signal, right? Those places exist. Um, Shenandoah National Forest is not far. It's kind of hard to get a signal out there. I tried. Um, I'd encourage you guys to go visit stuff like that. Um, but yes, how is the use, our use of technology helping us or hindering us from being patient I'm going to pause here um, to see if anybody's got any questions thus far. I know we're moving really quickly. Um, There's a purpose behind that. I wanted to reserve a few minutes at the end for any kind of questions. I know some of you might actually have, like, how do I use Covenant Eyes kind of questions. Um, I want to allow some space for that. But if there's anything that you've got, questions, comments, or anything on anything we've talked about so far. Yes, sir. Either technology is neutral or slightly negative. Mm-hmm. All of these things. Yeah. So at a certain point, like, mm. what what does it look like to dramatically change my relationship with technology? If for me, the, those diagnostic questions kind of lean in a certain direction. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that that's fair. Um, I I think so. There, there are certainly going to be helpful and good uses of technology. So, for example, uh, I pay my bills online, right? Digital banking is like a really awesome thing. Um, does anybody remember trying to balance a checkbook by hand? Does anybody still do that? I will not shame you. I will, <laughs> I will probably hold you up on a pet like, who, how do you do that, right? Um, so there's some useful things in technology, and I think those are great things to embrace, good to use. In fact, often we can't, can't do things without it. Um, I, there are certain situations you just you can't you can't get around that. Um, but I think, um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher this quote, but I think it was John Piper who said that when we get to heaven, um, we're gonna have absolutely no excuse for having a lack of time for prayer. Um, 
when we consider all the time we've spent on Facebook. I'll probably, I'll probably talk about this here in a little bit, but um, there is a reason why on social media you can just keep scrolling, right? You ever notice that? Like you can scroll and it doesn't, you don't ever get to the end. It's not like, oh, you've reached the end of Facebook. No, that's not true, right? There's, there's an infinite amount of things that, that that algorithm can feed you that you can continue to look at. Um, Twitter, Instagram, all of these things, like all of these things are designed to keep you there and keep you there longer. And so I guess the question I would, I would ask is, you know, are there areas in your own life where you're like, yeah, I see I'm, I'm literally just doing that. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll confess. Um, there was a, a, a game, a mobile game I was playing and, um, I wasn't playing it a ton. I don't think, um, but my wife noticed that I was playing a little too much. In fact, we were sitting in bed one night and I was playing that game and she was just kind of hanging out there and just kind of staring at me. Um, <laughs> ladies, y'all are, y'all are great. Love your husbands. Um, help them, help them put their games away. Anyway. So, um, I recognized like, man, I was just spending a ton of time doing that. Right. And so one of the ways that I dramatically changed my relationship with technology is, well, I just deleted it altogether and I'm not going to use it. I'm not going to do it at all. Um, and it was a really good thing for my son and I to talk about because that was something he was struggling with. He's like, I really want to play video games all the time. Um, and I was like, dude, I get it. I'm there. I do, too. And so here's what I'm doing. I'm putting it away, like just not going to do it. Um, and so and again, we'll get into this as a couple points. Um, but um, that's really helpful for us as parents, too, just to kind of tell our kids, hey, I'm a fellow sinner and sufferer like you, and, and these things affect me as well. So I don't know if that's helpful or not. Yes, ma'am. Um, um, asking for a friend. <laughs> what if you have we people in are, your household who don't agree with you? Asking for a friend, yeah. even maybe your spouse. Yeah, so yeah. The quote from friend's spouse is, like, you demonize technology. Like, yeah. that's how strongly you feel, and they just don't. Well, I used to tell my wife that if she had it her way, that we'd be Amish. Um, and so this is the parenting class, this is not a marriage class, but I will, I will certainly throw out some helpful nuggets. Fellas, don't say that. That's a bad thing to say. Um, I love my wife. She, she loves technology too. She, she's got a much better grasp on it than I do, and so I'm, 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 I'm comfortable to admit that. Um, I just you got to have those conversations, right? And, and um, we're going to land differently. So Krista and I land differently on different kinds of technology. We do. Um, my particular approach has been, you know, if she genuinely has beef with it, I'm going to defer to her on it. Um, because especially if it's not something we absolutely need, like if she was like, I do not want you paying bills with bill pay. You have to write out a check and mail it. I'd be like, Okay, we need to have a conversation. Um, and let's see if we can find a middle ground here. And that middle ground should be, let's use bill pay. Um, <laughs> those are conversations we don't have. My wife is all about the bill pay. So um, I'm not throwing her under the bus. Um, but yeah, it's, those, are, those are hard conversations to have, especially where you, you don't, just don't land at the same place. So advice for your friend, uh, pray. Pray and ask the Lord to, like if you see something, you know, or if your friend sees something, um, you know, that, that, that genuinely requires change, right? Um, we can do all we want to convince somebody to change, but unless the Lord does the change, it's not going to happen. Um, and so prayer, prayer is powerful. Prayer is not a last resort. That should be the first place we go. And we're actually going to talk about that here in just a few minutes. So that's good. All right, let's keep going. Um, number six, is the way we're using technology helping or hindering us in being content? Content. 
All right, so poll time again. How many, how many people, when you're looking at Facebook, notice that most of the things you see on Facebook are advertisements for something? How many of you are often lured into thinking, I think, I think I need that. I think I need that. I ordered a pair of shorts, like they were like a running shorts. They're like, y'all ladies, you get like these tights that have like the phone pocket. Like guys can't wear those. Um, but there were some shorts that had that. It was like under the shorts. I was like, I'm gonna get these things. And I ordered them and they were lame. They were terrible, they were awful. But I thought I needed it, right? I was not content in the running shorts that I had. Um, but that's what, that's what digital media wants us to do, right? It wants us to see that we don't have everything that we need, right? That we don't have all that we need and that the Lord has not provided that. Um, yeah, as Matthew chapter 6, the Lord teaches us to pray, Lord, give us this day our daily bread and to entrust ourselves to him that he's going to provide all that we need for our daily needs. Media and technology would have us to believe something else. Um, yeah, so uh, the, the same author of what the internet is doing to our brains said this. He said, um, he's talking about not being able to concentrate on his work without stopping to check the internet. He said, at first, I'd figured that the problem was a simple of middle-aged mind rot. I don't know what that is. Um, <laughs> but my brain, I realized, wasn't just drifting. It was hungry. It was demanding to be fed the, the way digital media feeds it. And the more it was fed, the hungrier it became. Even when I was away from my computer, I yearned to check email, click links, do some Googling. I wanted to be connected. Right? Solomon would say that is a chasing after the wind, right? And we're all guilty of this, right? Aren't we? Have you ever checked, you ever checked a text in the middle of a face-to-face conversation with somebody? Like, why in the world are you checking? You're like having a conversation with somebody. Now, I mean, obviously, if something's going on, you got to keep on top of that. Maybe there's a reason for that. Um, or about this? Have you ever, you ever stolen away from a gathering to check fantasy football scores only to do it? two minutes later, right? That's me. Um, yeah, I mean, the technology is, is, is putting in front of us a nonstop list of things that we need to have, things that we need to do. Um, yeah, things that we need to be, the kinds of people that we need to be. Um, as a practical aside, um, I will tell you that, you know, I, I told you earlier that my company makes most of its revenue off of advertising. Um, it is totally okay to put an ad blocker on. I think it can be actually good for your soul to block advertisements on, on the internet. Um, I do that. Um, it's, it's helpful. It's been helpful to me in helping to be content um, because we do use the internet. We are going to be online. We're going to be interacting with technology. Um, things that you can do, practical things are helpful. And we'll talk about that here in just a minute, uh, in a little more detail. Um, but yeah, tech companies, the media, they're all trying to get us to feel discontent. Um, Apple launches a new iPhone every single fall, okay? And typically, every fall, there is a ridiculous line of people out the store trying to get the newest thing. Y'all, it's the same thing, okay? They put a new, uh, they put a new sticker on their processor. It's not the A5, it's the A6, right? Or whatever it is, right? Um, maybe there's some minor changes, but people are waiting and like, I have to have this. I absolutely have to spend $1,100 on a phone. Can you imagine that? Like, I think when we say that out loud, we, we kind of go, ooh, that's, <laughs> that's not so great. Um, 
But who would have thought a device like that, that is so ubiquitous and something that we feel like we absolutely need, we'd be willing to shell out that kind of cash for it, right? Why is that? So we have to ask the question, is media pulling your heart to what God has not given you? Can you be content when you're simply without digital media or devices? Where, where do you derive your contentment? Do you, do you know what contentment is? And is technology getting in the way of that? How is your use of technology helping or hindering you in being content? All right, number seven. Is the way we're using technology helping or hindering us in being real? The gospel is not a game. Jesus' love did not cost him his virtual life. That wasn't second life for Jesus. It was real life. He was real flesh and blood. He contended with a real Satan. He showed real courage. He felt real pain. He was nailed to a real cross. He experienced real bodily resurrection. And Jesus calls us to love real families and real church members with real sins, real difficulties leading to real joy. Technology would have us to escape from reality. Uh, we see that in video games. We see that in online romance. Um, we see that in movies that we would just kind of check out and, and just live in and live vicariously through actors. Um, Russ Moore uh, made this statement. Uh, I thought it was a very, very strong statement. He says, pornography promises pleasure without intimacy. Video warfare promises adrenaline without danger. The arousal that, ta- that makes these so attractive is ultimately spiritual to the core. This is a generation mired in fake love and fake war, and that is dangerous. A man who learns to be a lover through porn will simultaneously love everyone and no one. A man obsessed with violent gaming can learn to fight everyone and no one. Let's train our young men to follow Christ by learning to love a real woman, sometimes by fighting his own desires. Now, certainly Russ was speaking more toward a a younger generation of men, but how is that not true for all of us, right? That, That there are things that we experience by way of technology that encourage us to, to be able to engage in things without vulnerability, right? Technology beckons us into a world of seeming connectedness devoid of vulnerability, but scripture calls us to speak truth to one another. Real flesh and blood relationships require vulnerability. Real relationships are honest. They require openness. They require admitting our faults, confessing our sins, walking through difficult things together. It requires us to uh, experience a friend's success in the midst of our own failure to succeed, right? Digital media encourages the presentation of a perfectly quaffed image, and we are so often lulled into that false depiction of who we are, right? How many people post Facebook photos of them first thing out of bed in the morning, right? right we, technology promises us this, this window or this opportunity to present to the world what we want to present, right? We get to show the me that we want to be, the me that we get to make, right? But it's not real. Um, and, our, and our children, right, they need courage to love and to fight, to nurture and to protect and to work in the real world and to be present in the real world. And so how can we encourage this? So first and foremost, begin by having necessary conversations with your kids. 
right? That is the first step, talking to them about this reality. Talk to them about what they're really going to face in the digital world and what they're gonna see online, right? Help them see that the things that their friends are talking about are, are not always the full picture. Uh, I had a conversation with my son the other day about video games. We were talking about video games. I said, but how, what, what, like, how do you perceive the privileges your friends have with video games versus the ones that, that, that you have? Right? And so we had a really good conversation about that. Um, and he told me about a friend of his It seems like he's able to just play whenever he wants to. Um, what well, actually isn't true. <laughs> I've had conversations with, with that friend's parents. Um, and I, I had, to, had to help him understand that, you know, but you're, you're, not, you're not alone in this. Like, you do have some limits, and so do your friends. Um, but he gets this impression based on what they're able to do and what they're able to talk about. Um, be willing and honest. Be willing to be honest about how you struggle with being real with your kids. Nothing prepares our kids to be honest about their own temptation than to hear us talk to them about where we too are tempted. Those conversations are going to be awkward. Um, they're going to be vulnerable. They're going to feel challenging. But I can promise you, those have been some of the most most rewarding conversations that I've had with my kids. It's just helping them to see that I too am a fellow sinner who struggles with these kinds of things. I struggle to be real online. Maybe I want to present this and not that. Or I struggle to want to just check out and watch movies all day, right? I work from home. It would be really easy for me to just pull up Netflix and watch Netflix all day and just not really be paying attention to the meeting, okay? Um, that is a temptation. Um, those conversations, though, are absolutely worth it. Set up technical controls, too, right? So it's kind of a belt and suspenders kind of thing, right? We want our kids' hearts to be impacted. We want them to be able to think about these issues biblically and understand them. Um, but it's good to set up some boundaries. Um, so you can do time limits, placing certain websites as off-limits websites, blocking things. Um, you know, we used to do screen time, make the kids earn screen time, so they had to do stuff to, to earn that. Um, those are all helpful aids and should be employed effectively. Um, also, talk with your kids about these controls, right? You, kids should not find out that you've somehow put something in the way by trying to browse somewhere and seeing a blocked page, right? Actually talk to them about why you're doing this and how it's because you love them and you actually care for their souls and that that is most important and, and not whether or not they're able to play a particular video game or go to a website. Um, and tell them also, talk to them also about how these controls that you put in place can never remove the sinful desires that they are going to experience in their own hearts. Right? You can, take, you can take any individual and you can put them on a deserted island where there is zero temptation to do any of these things, and the sin that dwells will always be there. That is so important for our kids to understand is that no matter what software we put out there, they cannot, they cannot escape that, and we want them to run to the one who was tempted as they were in every way, and yet was without sin. All right. The world of social media and technology makes it challenging for our kids to help or to grow in, into honest and, and humble and genuine people. But um, that's where we come in, and that's our responsibility to, to help them to grow. And so uh, the question here is, is your use of technology helping or hindering you from being real and teaching your kids to be the same? All right, number eight. 
And so the way we're using technology, helping or hindering us in praying. In Luke 5, 16, uh, Jesus uh, went to desolate places to pray. He checked out. He removed himself from the situation to go and to get alone with the Lord, um, who was him. Yeah, um, but to pray and to spend time with the Father. Um, so do you and your children know how to find those desolate places to pray? Uh, when things are stressful, where do you turn, right? Do you turn to some website you want to read? Do you turn to sports news? Do you turn to a, a movie? Do you turn to a game? Do you turn to a social media site? Or do you pray? Um, can you still your mind enough to pray, to think over a passage and pray it back to God? One of the reasons why we begin our services with a moment of silent reflection is for this very reason. The world is busy bombarding us with information, calling us to action in a variety of ways. And it is non-stop from the moment we wake up to the moment we go to bed. Sometimes we dream about those things. Maybe you do. I do. Anyway. Um, just tons of things that are just constantly running around in our minds. But we offer that time, we encourage that time to help us to seek the Lord, to ask Him to help clear out distractions. Uh, because it's hard. It's hard to do that. It's hard to focus. Um, yeah, so if, when faced with stressful situations, do you escape from it by zoning out? Um, what's the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning? How many of you, poll time again, how many of you use your phone as an alarm clock? All right, I do too. All right, so... I'm with you. Um, how tempting is it when you wake up to pick it up, unlock it, and just start going at it? Yes. I just have a comment about that, about the snooze button. If you ever notice on an iPhone, the snooze button is right in the middle and it's huge. Yeah. To the other one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because it wants you to come back. That's what it wants. <laughs> it wants you to continually interact with it. No, I don't know. That's, that's a good point, though. Um, but yeah, like the temptation is to wake up, pop it open. Oh, I've got emails. Oh, I got somebody, somebody mentioned me on Twitter. I got to read that. Oh, there's this new thing. I got to look at that. You know, you really don't. Um, it's okay if you don't. Um, perhaps um, use that temptation as a trigger for you in the morning. Like, oh, I'm, oh I should go look at this. Ah, oh, no, actually, maybe I should pray. Maybe I should start the day by talking with the one who gave me life and allowed me to wake up in the first place. Um, that would probably be a, a much better habit. Um, and then teach your kids to do the same, right? Teach them to do the same. Teach them that, you know, when, when things are stressful, when things are hard, when their friends are mean to them, when they have a privilege taken away from them. Um, that's one of the things that we've, we've been trying to work on. You know, we're not perfect in that regard. But, you know, when we take something for our kids, one of the things we want them to do is to pray, to, to seek the Lord and confess to him, Lord, I'm, I'm upset. I don't, I don't have this thing anymore. Um, but Lord, help me to see that it's good. Um, this discipline is good for me. Um, you can pray for us as we encourage our kids to pray for that, um, as we pray with them. But is how you use technology helping or hindering you from praying? Number nine, very related to point number seven, but is the way that we're using technology helping or hindering us in being humble, right? Are we tempted to live a life of well-tended pride? to show the world all the things that we did right and how awesome we are. Um, are we being humble? Um, are, we, are we using digital media and technology uh, to look down on others, 
to compare. How often have you been scrolling through the internet, see something and compare yourself to that or that person? Or uh, maybe uh, a family member posted an update and you're like, well, I don't like you because you did this or whatever, I don't know. You know, like just to be tempted to look down on somebody or to compare, right? Our, is our use of technology helping us to show grace and, and humility and kindness and consideration or um, are we being condescending or are we being prideful? Is our use of technology helping or hindering us in being humble? And the last point, last question, is the way that we're using technology helping or hindering us in being good stewards? Ephesians 5, 15 through 16 tells us, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Are we being good stewards? Is your use of technology um, the wisest use of your time? Is that a question that you've, that you've asked? Um, have you considered the cost of your time with technology in the home? And what is it teaching uh, your kids? Um, Proverbs calls young men to diligent labor. The Proverbs 31 woman was not reading romance novels. She was married to a, a real man with real kids. She ran a real household. She did real things. She was engaged in real business. Um, yeah, certainly that's a, um, yeah, a picture of a composite person, but it, it's a picture uh, for all of us to have how to diligently attend to what God has given us. Our time is a finite resource. That is not anything that you can get back, right? You can plant a field and you can reap a harvest and you can replant and continually reaping, right? For as long as the Lord would allow you to do that, but you cannot get your time back. It's gone, right? We walked in here at 9.15 and from 9.15 to 10.10, that time is gone. We will never get it back. And so... How, how have we used that time? I trust we've used that time in a very edifying, glorifying way. Um, yeah, technology can be a multiplier. And it can help us to be more efficient, steward of our time. We talked about paying bills. We talked about um, being able to communicate with people more quickly. Um, podcasts have helped our family to learn from pastors, Bible teachers, theologians, and more. And I, I praise, praise the Lord for those aids. But um, Psalm 139.16 tells us this. It says, Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there were none of them. So every one of our days is written down. right? And we have the choice of how we're going to use those days and how we're going to use the time in those days. And so is the way that we're using technology helping or hindering us from being good stewards of our time? So I'm going to draw us to a conclusion, and then I'm going to open this up for some questions. Uh, if you guys are willing to hang out a few extra minutes, we can, we can ask a few more. Um, and, I'm, and I'm willing to hang out, too, if anybody's got any very specific questions. I'm, I'm happy to, to entertain those. I, I may or may not have the answers. I'm, I'm a nerd. I'm not a perfect nerd, but um, I'm happy to help. Um, so uh, John Piper wrote in the intro, 12 ways your, your phone is changing you. 
Um, he said, if you rejoice in the hope of the glory of God because your sins are forgiven through Jesus, then technology becomes a kind of friendly pack mule on the way to heaven. Mules are not kept for their good looks. They get their job done, right? And so technology can absolutely be a help to us. The reality is that we are never going to escape technology, right? All of us got to church this morning because of technology. Um, we are able to record this session because of technology. The lights are on, technology, right? Technology is all around us and there's some good things that come from it. Um, but I, I trust that these questions have given you a bit of a framework to begin evaluating how it is that we're using technology in the home and how we're encouraging our kids to do the same. So with that, I will open it up to any questions. Anyway, yes, ma'am. I can definitely speak to that. Um, um, so the question is, you know, how much and how soon, how much and how early can we encourage technology use with our kids? Um, I was in my 30s when I got my first smartphone. I'm doing okay. Um, and so, um, yeah. I, I, you know, I watched a video, I watched a video not too long ago of a guy talking about how, like, look how intuitive the iPad is. My two-year-old can figure it out, right? Yeah, your two-year-old can, should he, right? Um, there, are, there are a lot of studies out there that have landed on several conclusions. Um, so I'll, I'll just kind of give you, give you that, and then I'll kind of give my commentary on that. So... Um, most people who have studied this, you know, technology use in kids, particularly screen usage with kids, would recommend that you avoid, avoid it in the early years as best you can. Just outright avoid it. Um, and then um, as they get older, like 12, 13, begin to introduce, like, with some parameters. Now, I say that to say the world would say, hey, look, we've figured out how to make all of these things safe for, for one-year-olds, and so you should get your one-year-old an iPhone, do it, right? <laughs> schools are gonna issue, so if your kids are enrolled in public schools or private schools, sometimes the schools are gonna issue your kids devices for their use, right? Gonna give them Chromebooks, iPads, computers, whatever they're gonna have, right? Um, and so those are some things that as parents, we need to weigh, how are we going to, how are we gonna interact with that? Um, you know, I think, I think having those conversations with your kid's school, if that's the case, is helpful. And saying, hey, look, um, I know you're going to give this to my kid, but, you know, I need access to it and I need to be able to snatch it up when kid don't need it, you know. Um, and some of that could be, you know, you know, you're old enough, you have to use this device for school, but you're going to use it in a place where we can kind of keep an eye on you and we're going to help you out with it or whatever. And when you're done, you give it back. Um, and so I, I, I would encourage parents, don't be afraid to delay that kind of stuff as long as possible. The world is going to tell you they need it. The kids are going to be like, all my friends have one, 
right? I, I talked to, I talked to my, my aunt, she's, she's my aunt, she's six years older than me, she's more like a big sister. Um, and so, you know, she dressed like Cindy Lauper when she was uh, in high school, so if that's dating kind of where she was. Um, so she wanted a phone in her room, like you remember, anybody remember hardline phones? Is that a thing anymore? Yeah, it's hardline phones, right? She had a hardline, she wanted a hardline phone in her room, why? All her friends had it, right? She wanted that so she could make calls to people and she wanted her own line so that nobody else in the home could pick up the phone and listen to what she's talking about. Um, that was the thing too. So for those of you who don't understand that, that's, those were the days, right? I used to love it. Yeah, the see-through phone, yeah, that lit up, it was great. Oh my gosh, this is, yeah, we should have a completely separate class just talk about old tech, right? Um, first cell phone, the Zach Morris phone with like the, anyway. But so we, so in our home, I'll say what we did, um, we put that off as absolutely long as possible. Um, now, we, we do allow our kids to use some tech, like they watch TV, um, they have an old phone that they share, um, they each have a Chromebook for school, um, and it's hard. It's absolutely hard, it's like you stop using it, put that away, what are you looking at? I looked at your history, you said you were supposed to be looking at this, you were looking at that, you shouldn't have been doing that. Uh, let's talk about that. Why are you looking at this and that? And Covenant Eyes is on all the things that Covenant Eyes can be on. And so we get those reports and we're like, hey kids, let's sit down and talk about what you were doing online and why were you doing this? And why were you looking at that? And who were you talking to? And, and let's talk about these things, right? Not in a way that's like, if you step out of line, I'm gonna thump you on the head, but more of like a, let's talk about why this is good and useful and helpful for your soul, right? You don't need to be engaged in these kinds of things. So Josh would say, generally, as long as possible, your kids are gonna feel like they're the outcasts, but you know what, their soul is far more important than what the fear of man would, would, would bring up in them. Yes, sir. Quickly on that, there are gonna be a lot of other things where our kids are gonna be outcasts, and probably yeah. are in yeah. society, so that's, that, that's okay. I just wanted to add a hearty amen to that, yeah. because we, as you said, te technology literally carves channels in their brains, and yeah. so you're building habits, Yep. and you're building appetites. Yeah. And so while every kid is different and some maybe could have handled it earlier, yeah. it will never damage a kid if they yeah. had to wait too long versus too early and then mm -hmm. they're fighting that. Yeah. And from our personals, we had, we had a child, we still have a child, but he's out of home now, <laughs> um, where it was absolute war. Yeah. Like all out warfare. And you know he, would, he was smart too, so that mm -hmm. makes it even worse. Yeah. Because he would say, he said to me, yeah. Windows, Windows family, joke. Yeah. He said, custodia, that's a joke. I can yeah. He told me to my face, I could hack that in a, in a heartbeat. Yeah. So it was a constant yeah. war. And yeah. those appetites started, and yeah. we didn't let him play video games until later, and it was still a war. So yeah. you will never harm your children, because that's what yeah. we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, right? It's not talking about doing your homework, on your, it's talking about video games yeah. and kind of watch the videos yeah. and stuff. And so I'll, I'll add to that, you know, we've, we've had some, some opportunities where we've been able to pull the kids back from some technological things. Um, for lengthy periods of time. I'm not talking like for like a few days. I'm, you know, a month, you know, and, and just, or more. And having a conversation with the kid and the kid says, you know, I realize I was asking for that every single day. And I see what you mean when you said, hey, the, 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 the way your heart was responding to these things, like it was an idol. So to hear your kid say, I recognize that for me that was an idol like okay now we're beginning to make some progress here and so in about six more months maybe we'll you know value it now um, but um, this life that we live right as Christians we need to look at it like war right and nobody suits up for war and marches out to battle 
and doesn't get fragged, doesn't get dirty, doesn't get shot at, doesn't get attacked. Um, as Christians, that's the world. That's the world that we live in. That's what we should expect. And so as we, as we take a different take on technology with our kids, and it should be different, right? So if it's no different than the world, that's a question that you should ask. Like, why is that? And is that a good thing, right? But it should look different, right? And the kids are going to get fragged. Their kid, other kids are going to make fun of them. Other kids are going to how come you don't have a phone yet? How come I can't text you? You're like, how about you come to my house and we hang out like face to face? Let's talk about that for a second. Why don't you want to talk to me face to face? There's a question we should ask. Um, so anyway, so I, I know it's kind of a long, long answer to, to a very important question. Anthony, yes, sir. So in, according to Ecclesiastes, you know, Solomon says there's nothing new under the sun, you know, but this digital age, you know, seemingly is, it looks like a new phenomenon. Mm. Like, what do you have to say about uh, that in this yeah. new yeah. digital age? Well, I'm certainly not going to contradict scripture. Um, it's it, yeah. So I think the digital age makes old things not different, but just uh, well, often when we talk about technology in the family, one of the things that is most concerning for parents is how do I keep my kids from pornography? Let's just throw that out there, right? That's a that's not a that's not a terrible elephant in the room to talk about. But I mean, it's one of the things that we're concerned about, right? We want to keep our kids from encountering these kinds of things online. Well, pornography is not brand new in the 21st century. <laughs> like, that's been around forever. I mean, 1 Corinthians is, is rife with it. You know, Paul talks about that as a major issue in Corinth at the time. And it wasn't new then either, right? Um, when you go back, I mean, Solomon um, in Proverbs 6 and 7 talks about the, the adulterous woman, um, the prostitute, like the, you know, selling of sex as a means of, wooing people's hearts and drawing people's hearts away from the Lord, that is, that's as, that's as old as, as, as old as it gets, right? It's, you know, the clock says zero, right? There, there was, you know, well, shortly thereafter, but, um, um, but so I, I would just say that the, we have new ways of encountering those things by which we are tempted. Okay. We have new ways, um, I, I talked with a brother one time who was like, you know, I remember back in the day it was really hard to get a hold of pornography because I had to walk up to a counter and ask somebody who worked there if they could hand me that magazine that was in that wrapping. And that was a, he was like, that was a huge, huge deterrent for me because I didn't want anybody to know that I wanted to look at that kind of stuff. He was like, once the internet came around, it was like, well, I don't have to go anywhere. It's all like right here. And that was smartphones, right? Like that screen is tiny. You can take that anywhere, right? And so as we consider... All right, we know our kids couldn't get a hold of it back then, not, not in, a, in, a, in a straightforward kind of way. But now, if you just hand your kid a phone, like what in the world are they able to get access to? And what are they able to look at? What are they able to see? And maybe you're able to block that stuff on their own phone, but what if they're hanging out with a friend who's got one and isn't blocked and says, hey, look at this. Or maybe it's not pornography. Maybe it's um, some kind of radical ideology. Or maybe it's something like... I don't know, maybe figure out a way to buy cocaine online. I don't know. I mean, that could be coming, you know, dark web stuff. Who knows? Who knows that they might be trading around, right? Um, but there's a number of different things that technology makes a little more accessible. Yes, sir? Yeah, just to follow up. So what about the seemingly, like, newer issue of, like, lack of face-to-face time and interaction? People developing these, like, digital relationships. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, 
prob probably, I mean, pen pals maybe. Um, I mean, you know, writing letters back and forth. Paul wrote letters, right? He wrote good ones. He wrote good letters. Yeah, he did. He wrote good letters. Um, Y'all, we are, we are 10 minutes over. So I'm going to go ahead and pray. And if, and if anybody's got any other questions, I'll hang out for a few more minutes. Um, but let's pray and close. Father, we do thank you so much uh, for this opportunity to engage this topic. Lord, we pray that you would equip us to be able to lead the young people in our lives toward greater holiness. Um, Father, we pray that you would help us to um, understand how to interact with technology in a way that doesn't draw us away from you, but helps to augment um, um, what has already begun as a good work in us, that we might know you, see you, and behold your glory all the more. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen.